The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. And today is Thanksgiving, so we wish everybody happy Thanksgiving. In a special way, a day that really is the only day of the United States of America that really gives Thanksgiving to God the Father. That's what the purpose of it was. The pilgrims did it to God. And now we're doing it toward other things. And hear people say Happy Thanksgiving without any reference of knowledge or, or understanding or comprehension or even mentally tied to who are we thanking. Thanking for our blessings. Thanking for what God has given to us. That's a warm day as far as family getting together or people or even neighbors. Our whole community gathers together at our house. Thanksgiving has been something that happened as since after our lady appeared here on Thanksgiving Day, November 24th, 1988. And in that, she acknowledged that day for our nation. We come, have come to realize that she was establishing something with a plan. When she said, tomorrow I'll appear out by the tree, 
us being so busy with the apparitions and thousands of people starting to pour in at that point, we had no idea the next day was Thanksgiving. You might say, how in the world could anybody forget about Thanksgiving? Well, I don't know whether it's Holy Spirit, but somehow we were blocked from seeing it. We, at the time, thought it was just activity. How could we forget Thanksgiving? But when you got the Mother of God in your home, appearing over your bed, and then people coming and converting and just dramatic conversions from everybody who came, you're not even, you lose track of the whole calendar. It's not even on your mind or your heart. So when our lady chose that day, we realized, wow, that's Thanksgiving Day. She's chosen a day for us to be thankful. Thank you for having responded to my call. She's a grateful person who is so exalted in her position compared to us who are so little in our Christian walk and so pitiful in the way we do things. And yet, who am I that the mother of God comes and thanks me for responding to her call? There's by no chance by accident that she chose that day because we'd ask her to go to the outside for the crowds before that. We quit asking because we figured, well, it's not in the cards. Out of the blue, she says, at 10 o'clock at night in apparition, tomorrow I'll appear outside and the public can come. She invited everybody to come to that. Now, by the time we finished the apparition and told those who were gathered uh, around the house and inside the house, at that day, it was 11 o'clock. So it was 11 o'clock at night, and we spread... It just spread it out to those who could come, which was a short distance because everybody would be in bed already. They wouldn't find out till that morning. And yet, four to 500 people show up. We were surprised that a crowd like that could gather that quickly. And so we had that outdoor apparition, and we've come to realize that that represented our nation, the tree, the nation, the family, the bed, and the rest of the story can be read in many of the writings. So this day, we want to focus on something that may not be connected to Thanksgiving in the way it is, but we have to acknowledge God and what is God, who is God. And we could be too nice as Christians. And actually, we are too nice as Christians. It's a big problem for us. This comes from a Christian classic called Christian Self-Mastery by Father Basil Maturin. He writes, Hate and anger are essential elements in the spiritual life. Yet both of these are equally divine gifts. Love is of God, says St. John, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God, for God is love. But love involves and necessitates hate. God hates evil, and such hatred must be an essential attribute of God. The power of hatred, then, is as a truly divine gift to man created in the image of God and as necessary an element in the Christian character as love is. O ye that love the Lord, the psalmist of old says, see that ye hate the thing that is evil. He who is incapable of hating is so because he is incapable of loving. The intensity of the power of hating will always be in proportion to the power of loving. We feel instinctively that a man who cannot hate, whose anger and moral indignation can never be roused, is a poor creature indeed. The instrument with which hatred fights its battles is anger. Anger, too, 
is an essential part of man's nature, as it is also a divine attribute. No man is worth the name of man who does not sometimes get angry. Indeed, the anger of the just and good is perhaps to be feared the most. How is this? Anger is the sword that God puts into man's hand to fight the great moral battles of life. The more he loves God, the more he will love good and hate all that assaults or tries to undermine good. And as he was created to love God and all else in God, so he was only to hate all that was opposed to that love. Into the hands of hatred was given the glittering and sharp-edged sword of anger to fight its battles, that is, to assault and drive off every approach of evil. Without anger, hatred could but smolder in the heart. It needs an instrument of defense and attack. And this was given it by God, a power for good, that does not hurt the man who uses it aright, but makes him strong and keeps him safe. But man, alas, can turn away from God and live for himself or for the things of earth, and in so doing he changes the center around which the orbit of his life was meant to move from God to self. These gifts of God he now uses for himself, finding in his hand the sword of anger, he seizes it, and fights with it his own battles, not the great moral battles for which alone it was intended. He draws it and strikes at everything that hinders him in the pursuit of his own ends, everything that touches his self-love. He uses it for purposes, the very reverse of those for which God gave it to him. The weapon of anger, let us never forget, is good, God-given, although it may be drawn in a most unworthy cause. It is not the anger that is bad. It is the ill use to which it is put. The peevish ill temper of a vain woman is essentially the same thing as the splendid moral indication of the saint. One is used as God meant it to be used. The other is abused for man's unworthy purposes. There is nothing more noble than the moral indignation of a good man against what is hateful to God. Indignation. What's his definition? Anger is aroused by something unjust, unworthy, or mean. Anger or extreme anger mingled with contempt, disgust, and abhorrence. And you think it's just sin to be indignant? The scriptures repeatedly show Jesus was indignant. At who? Even at his apostles. It's amazing. They wouldn't let the little children come to him. And Jesus, the scripture says, grew indignant. I wouldn't want to be around Jesus with all his power and all his voice of reason, carrying the sword of the scriptures within him who he was, the word, and he'd be indignant with you. And did he ever sin? 
No, he didn't. And so Christians today are too nice. We're so nice that we let all of the cultures come around and change this nation to make them think it's not a Christian nation. We're thankful for this nation, what it means for us today, especially on this day. But we have people everywhere accepting other cultures and their ways, and the indigenous people bringing back up their pagan ways because, well, they were taught bad when we came in and took them over. I was just listening to David Barton. He's a Protestant who follows the history of the United States. A woman had called in and talking to about a school in Fort Worth, Texas, a conservative state, which is under target. The governor there is bringing in New York companies because they can do a better tax base. But what they're doing by grading and changing and wanting the money and the economy to grow stronger by attracting these companies are bringing in mentalities from New York and their politics, and it's changing Texas. So this woman calls in, complaining about her son, who was taught about the first pilgrims, when they're teaching this past week about Thanksgiving, that the first pilgrims were the first American terrorists for what they did. She called objecting to that. And what happened was the response was, you can't conflict. She says, I teach that different at home. The school administrator said, you can't conflict, be in conflict with what we're teaching our kids. Our kids. The administrator said that. This is happening in our schools. And that doesn't cause enough indignation for your parents to go down and just raid the place? Tear these books up? Where's your indignation? Where is it? You're just too nice. Well, we'll just have to file a lawsuit. Forget the lawsuits. The courts are with the same thing. It's all crooked. It's all messed up. Look what happened when I was sleeping. They find the first shot talks about don't go to court anymore. Our indignation can stop things cold in its track. You hear what the priest said? That the anger of the just, the godly, is to be feared. And it used to be feared. People that do what they do today would never, never dare try that 75 years ago. Why? Because they feared the indignation and the reprisals that came from that, from the Christians and the godly, that they would dare tread on them. And now they tread on us because we've got to be nice. I just came from a place, everybody's just so nice. They're too nice. Everybody's too nice, so nice that we're nothing, nothing rouses us as Christians. We're passive. Our lady said, follow Jesus and his example. Jesus was not a passive person. He was not always nice according to the maxims of the world. In fact, Jesus was often severe. His disciples and his other people who followed him, even his apostles, was trying to sway him from being so harsh. Jesus, can't you be a little nicer? He's standing in front of the Pharisees, calling you whitewashed tombs. He's comparing them to vipers. He talks about attorneys in a negative way. See, the apostles thought, Jesus, you're doing harm to yourself. 
They were looking for an advancement for Jesus to the powers that be, and they didn't want to offend them. If you're a Christian and you're not offending people, you're not walking the Christian walk. You can say you're Christian all you want to. There's so much to be indignant for just walking down the street, seeing things that you see that you don't confront. We have people here going out, buying supplies, doing things, going shopping, whatever we do out in and out of our mission all day. And you know what they bring home is war stories. Who they confronted that day, they heard somebody say something or did something and what happened. I come in with stories all the time. I'm not even looking for it. But I don't stand for it. I saw the other day, kid smart mouthed his mother. She, she told me to stop it. I said, little, little fella, you got your mama and you got me and I'm against you and we're, we're doing pressure on you. And he was just stunned. And she was too. Come to the defense of authority. There's all kinds of ways you can stand up for things. I've never been accosted by one parent when I do that. If everybody around there and nobody stopped in their tracks and say, we're ashamed of you, little boy, for what you're saying to your mother. That would empower her to even be stronger because a lot of the rebellion that she's experiencing is what she's probably done into her husband. You hear what the priest just said. But thou right woman. So we start fixing these things in the society that's broken by confrontation and being riled up. The priest wrote, the people that don't do that cannot help but be a poor creature. The priest also said, hate is a divine gift from God. The weapon of anger, good when used as God called to be used and bad when it's not called. It's not good to go to a football game and get angry because your guy dropped the ball. That's not God's good anger. Are people screaming like idiots at these games? In fact, it's sin. And the very same people who are Christians would not get angry over what they see on the streets or what they see with the, the abominable marriages or just what abominables are doing and just what other people are doing and what the stores are doing and refusing to say Merry Christmas. Nobody confronts that. I just heard on Christian radio a little while ago. Family Radio has made their top list for not in nice. And it's stores that you can go on the website, Family Radio, to see who refuses to say Merry Christmas. Confront it. Because if you don't, Christ is going to go away because they don't want anybody to be reminded that Christ, by saying Christ, Merry Christmas. We refer to that and it's recognizing Jesus Christ, and that might be offensive. And so we're so nice that we're letting cultures, well, you know, they're this, or they're, they believe this, or they believe in Buddha, and we got to give way to No, you don't. Jesus Christ is over devotion to Buddha and anybody else in any other religion besides the Christian religion. And so we're letting cultures come here, establishing their ways, their ideas, because they're stronger principled in their indignation against us, the infidels, than we are against them. And what they have is false prophets or idols or no God at all. It's amazing. If we believe in our God so much that we can sit there and allow people to use God's name in vain next to us, when if we sit there and start blaspheming their God or cursing their father, rather, 
even if they're atheists, and they objected to that, we don't object to that and say, don't say that. We don't want to hear that. In October, in Medjugorje, we was talking about this to the group. And I was saying how we object to people to use God's name in vain. Some of the stories and some of the things and reactions people had against us when we stood up. It wasn't necessarily against us. They were shocked. One guy said he walked to, he works for a big, uh, big IT company. And they were doing a seminar, and the guy was using God's name in vain over and over and over. And finally, he got more than he could take it. He stood up and says, I don't want to hear that. There's no place for this. He says, I knew I was, was going to get, uh, get fired. This will be a problem for me. See, he was worried about standing up and saying this because he was knowing he might lose his job. He said, after that, the guy apologized and never said it again. See, people will give way to strong principled people that have indignation and offended and show that they're offended. The other will back down. They have nothing to stand on. They're blaspheming God. You're protecting God's name. Who's going to win out? When are you going to start standing up? Who are you? Our lady two days ago said that. Pray, little children, says that you may comprehend who you are. You're God's children. Your father is God the Father, and you're going to let that keep going? You're going to let the son, your brother, be denied on Christmas? Go in every store and say, I'm offended that she won't use me at Christmas. You don't have to be obnoxious about it. But you can be, if they start defending it, indignant. You can be nice to start with, but let your anger grow. Let it grow so much, I will leave here, and I'm not going to shop. Here's all my stuff at the counter. In fact, go into places not doing it. Look on Family Radio's top 10 places and go to those places. Get your buggy full. Get the clothes in the buggy. Whatever you want. Go up the cash out and say, hey, is it true? Y'all won't say Merry Christmas? And leave it right there in the line. Say, I'm not buying this stuff from you. You got protesters who are full of hatred in the streets on something that's so ill on a cop killer. They tried to kill a cop, and everybody's placating and being nice to him. Let, let's, let's just hold our shields up. Let's just hold our belly clothes up, and let's, let's do everything we can for it. 150 shots were fired the night before, not one from the policeman because we're being so nice. We let savages ravage our towns, and good people suffer. 25 businesses burned down. And I would dare say many of those are Christian. And there's no Christian behavior on what those who are doing this violence is about. And we got to be nice. I'm telling you, what this priest wrote is dead on. It's time to get angry. It's time to get indignant. And I'm not talking, talking a fanatical anger. Jesus had reason about his anger. He didn't just start raving. He had power in his word. And often his anger could just be detected in his tone that he spoke. He wasn't speaking loud. He was cutting into pieces with his words. And his word, because he was the word, caused him to be killed for it. But he also killed a lot of people from paganism, changing them to Christians. And you're to leave this life with a whole sack full of souls and good deeds that you can give to people's gifts. Give God with souls that convert to your soul. Because Allah says, comprehend who you are and where you need to go. You need to go to these stores. Look up Family Radio. Find out and make a scene on this with the management. 
or do it in a way that's constructive, not fanatical where they just pass you off. A good way was when I just got felt the inspiration is just fill the card up if you know what you're going to and leave it right there in line and tell, hey, people, I'm not doing this. I'm not buying this stuff. And just walk away. You better fight for this Christian culture because Obama says this is not a Christian nation because he was determined at that point to change that. And people, Nobody said that. Nobody was saying that until Obama said it. Now, one person. And so that's, this was a planted seed. And from there, we start being, not being a Christian nation. And we as Christians believe that we are a Christian nation, even if we don't live it. We're rooted in it. Our very fabric is it. Our churches everywhere are it. We're the most generous nation in the history of the world. No country today gives what we give in generosity. That's a Christian virtue. It's a godly virtue. And so where are we with all this? In failure mode, where are we in recovering? Dead. Our lady went on to say on the 25th message two days ago, be carriers of the good news to the people, to be people of hope. We have hope and it's in Christ. It's not in denying Christ. When you refuse as a policy of your company not to say Merry Christmas, you're rejecting Christ. And if you're going along with that, you're an apostate because you say you believe in Christ and yet you allow the rejection of Christ. You can't do that. It's mortally wrong to your soul and harmful. Be love for all those who are without love. Yes, you do this that love. Love is confrontational. Love is somebody doing something that's going to run. Jesus told the adulteress, go and sin no more. He didn't just save her. He said, stop this. You know people what they're doing. You tell them you're in sin. This is wrong. You're harming yourself and you're harming the culture. You're harming society. You're harming my children's future. Little children, you'll be everything and will achieve everything only if you pray and open and are open to God's will. And what is that? To God who desires to lead you towards eternal life. And this is what we need to be thinking about on Thanksgiving. Are we grateful enough to become indignant or grateful enough that we say, we will stand for no more of this. We will not allow our kids in schools to be taught vulgar, bad, horrible teachings from everything from the birds of the bees to what marriage is to the first American terrorist was pilgrim, the, Mar- the pilgrims. You know, David Barton said about that. It's incredible. That when they first came as pilgrims, that the documents the, church, the, the schools don't teach is that they knew it was morally wrong to take the corn from the, the Indians. They, they actually had some one place where they found some and they, they were starving, so they ate it, and they went and sought out who was the owner so they could pay him. They also, when slaves were brought here, arrested the slave people, punished them, and released the slaves. They also knew it was morally wrong to take the land from the Indians, so they asked them to sell it to them. They said, we don't own it. We can't sell it. They said, well, we'll drop a contract. We're going to give you this for this land to use it and possess it. This is a record that goes on and on, and then I found in documents. But you're not taught that. You're taught we just took everything. There was a moral people that came over here. God blessed this nation for a reason, because they had values and virtues of the Christ. And they brought him with it. And so all this stuff about indigenous people and how they're wrong, and let's, let's give them back their religion, which is paganism. Don't give up the ground. 
be principled. This is of the devil. We're of the Christ. Start acting like it. So just as David Barton talked about the pilgrims and, and we don't have the facts and our kids aren't being taught that. In fact, they're being taught something radically opposed to everything. No, no different than Russia. You've got to get the facts. You've got to dig. Go into original documents. In fact, look what happened while you're sleeping is about a book about going to the source. That's what Barton was talking about. Go to the source. Go to the papers. Go to the museums. Read the original writings. And this is what you teach your children. Protect them from your school. Who would ever think Texas, a conservative state, would be targeted? They're targeted. They know if they change them in the education system, they change Texas. Texas has to be pulled down for the rest of the South to go down. This is what this is about. It's a demonic thing. And so when they paid for the land, the Puritans and the, the pilgrims that came, because they knew that was a moral thing to do, there's a moral thing to do today. And that is you got to make physical changes in your life. You can't continue in this system. Financial is the way it is. Medjinomics' purpose is to show you these issues to talk about things to get you strong spiritually to the spiritual walk. You can physically change your walk. And that's why you have to get out of the system. You have to change what you do. You have to change the way you live. Yeah, some people, somebody just told me they had a 7,000 square foot house. I just bumped into them. There's stories talking about, talking about the in line and things like that. You know, people just come in conversation. I said, well, you need to downsize. He said, what? He said, I love my house. I said, well, what do you need? A 7,000 square foot house. I didn't know the guy. He said, well, I don't know. I said, well, think about that. The future, you don't want that. You need to be thinking about how you're going to get your food, how you're going to eat. What are you doing with your money? What are you doing with your investments? And so we created the Miraculous Metal Medjugorje Silver Round one ounce piece for that purpose. Change your funds, your money into something that has no value, no worth, into something that has worth and intrinsic value. I know we're out of time, but Frank uh, is online and he can give us contact information. You can call him about questions or anything, answers you need for these, these, these things and making these physical changes that you need to discuss. Because you need to be indignant enough what's of the economy, indignant enough over what's happening with, with the dollar, indignant enough over everything physical that you know now is a time to change your life. Frank? Yeah, and uh, Global Silver Investors and Medjinomics is an answer to Our Lady's request for us to look at these verses in Matthew every Thursday, and it's an answer to seeking first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and that God will take care of the rest. So we'd like to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving from uh, Global Silver Investors. And you can contact us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can reach us online at globalsilverinvestors.com, or our email is globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. Frank, well, I wish you and all around you a happy Thanksgiving. And for those in the audience, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. We'll be talking to you again on the second of the month, which we greatly look forward to. During the meantime, be in prayer. Wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Radio Wave Medjinomics show with a friend of Medjugorje. To listen or download free, go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com. Go to the left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. You can also order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.